Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I'm so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Also, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, and my YouTube channel. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Hello there, Minister Paula Cornett here. Thank you so much for joining me today for Revelations from the Heart podcast. This is episode number 24. We've been talking about last day's territory for several weeks now. And um, this teaching has just been really powerful. I know for myself, just in doing the study, as I've been studying it, it's just very, very powerful. And um, not only powerful, but it is such a very important teaching, very serious, serious teaching, because we're in the last days, and this scripture is talking to us. We are that final generation. We are who the Holy Spirit is talking to in this text. And so um, I'm going to just do a brief overview of what we've talked about. But in order to hear each characteristic in um, detail, you'll need to go back and listen to previous podcasts, episodes, um, to make sure that you um, get caught up on all of them. There are 25 characteristics that the, that the Apostle Paul talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. If you have your Bible, why don't you go ahead and turn there to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And of course, we're going to... Uh, look at the um, focus scripture, which is um, 2 Timothy 3 and 1, and we're going to break that that portion of scripture down um, so that we have it and understand and know what is going on. We're going to take it piece by piece. But before I do that, I first just want to say that, um, you know, like I said, this, this information is so, so very important because uh, here we are. We have... Uh, found ourselves here in the last hour in the final moment and it is just an awesome thing uh, on the one hand and on the other hand it's exciting because um, you know we will see the return of Jesus Christ um, soon and very soon well how soon minister Paula well the Bible says no man knows the hour of the day um, exactly only the father knows that and but we know that there are definitely signs of the time so I want to first talk about and establish to make sure that we have a clear understanding about what the last days is, what what it actually is, and that the last days started in Acts chapter 2 after the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit revealed itself at Pentecost. They began to speak with other tongues. Peter went out and began to preach a powerful message. And he um, quoted the prophet Joel, which Joel prophesied that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that your sons and your daughters um, would prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And so, and then he goes on to say, this is that day, this is that time. So the last days was initiated 2,000 years ago at Pentecost. All right, and so all this time, We've all been living in the last days, all right? And so um, where we are now 
is we're at the end of the last days. And uh, this portion of scripture is speaking about the end of the last days. And so um, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, his son in the faith. I've said that before, but I'll say that again. And uh, in order to get an overview of the book of Tim, Second Timothy, go back. You have to go back and listen to that because I'm not going to go through all of that again. But that he's talking to his son in the faith. But he begins to, um, as he's the Holy Spirit is leading him to say this, the Holy Spirit is prophesying through Paul about the last days. All right. Now these characteristics we've seen all throughout history, you know, pop up here, pop up there. But what the Holy Spirit is talking about is that in the last hour, you know, right before Jesus comes, right before it's, you know, it's that final moment, you're going to see these characteristics at an alarming rate. And you'll find yourself in a time, a period of time where you may say to yourself, it's never been like this before. I've talked to some um, individuals that have lived a long time and those are the kind of things that they say. They say, I've never seen anything like this. And if you think about it, the things that are taking place right now um, is not just affected. You know, it's, it maybe have to just affected like a state or a portion of the country, or it may have uh, affected a particular nation. But this that we're going through now has affected the whole world. And so, you know, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back after a group of like certain type of just one race of people, but he's coming back collectively after a people of different nations, of different tribes, of different tongues, of different colors of skin, of different, you know, ethnicities. He's coming back after his church and the universal church of Jesus Christ is made up of not just uh, one particular race of people, but it's made up of all different types of people. There are people that are serving God all over the world in all different countries, in all different nations. God has a people. God always has a remnant. Never forget that. And the remnant is that group of people that's not doing what a society is doing, but that is living holy, living righteous, keeping their hearts right before the Lord. And so um, God always has a remnant. He always has a people that are serving him. He always has a people that are believing him. Okay, everybody hasn't gone crazy. You know, it may seem like it, but everybody hasn't gone crazy. People, there are still people that are serving the Lord and that are living for the Lord. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we start in verse 1. And it says, know this. But the original Greek says this also know. It, it's actually the flip. So the word this is the Greek word tauto. And this is just a very specific like this. And then the word day is all the word also is the Greek word day. And it means indeed, emphatically. And once that, that little word is inserted in there, it kind of changes, you know, it changes the, the sentence and it makes it, it, puts that much more oomph in the sentence. And the word know is the Greek word gnosko. And it just means to know something definitely, emphatically, with absolute certainty. So the Holy Spirit is saying that this particular thing, this very specific thing, you emphatically need to know that this is definitely going to happen it's one of those things where somebody says mark my word this is going to happen this is i'm for sure that this is going to happen you know it's absolute certainty this is going to 
this is going to happen. And it's like the Holy Spirit is grabbing your attention and say, hey, listen to this right here. That this is going to, I need you to understand clearly what I'm getting ready to say, that this is going to happen. You can sit back and watch and, and see it for yourself. And the word that is the word holy. And it points to a specific and an important point. Okay. So this also note that in the last is the word eschatos. And it means the ultimate end of a thing. Okay. The, 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 the last part, the way I like to describe it is when you read a book and that final chapter in the book where it says the end, this is that, that page before. In fact, it's, it's like that sentence before you're getting ready to say the end. I mean, it's, it's so close, my friends. It is so, so close that in the last days, okay, perilous times, okay, the word perilous is the word calipos, and it means dangerous, risky, hurtful, just almost difficult times, very difficult times to bear, okay, perilous times, the word kairos, a specific or definite season, shall come is the word estimi and it's compounded of two words and that means that you're going to we're going to you're going to find yourself standing in the midst of it encumbered it's all around you just very in the middle of all of this okay going to find yourself there and we have found ourselves right here in the middle actually in the middle in the in the in the end in the final hour of the last days in the talk the clock is ticking day by day by day. The clock is ticking that much more sooner. All right? So he's he's letting us know that this is going to happen. This is going to take place. But we are encouraged to know that even though these things are to come. See, there's certain things that have to come before, before Christ returns. They have to come. There's nothing we can't pray them away or anything like that. They have to come. They have to, you know, in order for things to, there's certain things that have to fall into place according to scripture that just has to take place. There's nothing that we can, we can do about it. But what we, what we can do, we can, there is, we got to make sure that we're in right relationship with the Lord, that we're serving the Lord and that we're, we're ready, you know, we're ready to go no matter what happens. But in second Timothy one and seven tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind. And you got to let that get down in your spirit, in your heart, because when fear tries to come, and it will try to come, as you hear new reports of more crazy stuff happening, I mean, it gets to the point now where I just be like, oh, Lord. But to be quite honest with you, nothing really surprises me. Nothing really surprises me, because it was just a matter of time for everything just to kind of blow off. I mean, think the, the, the stage has been set been setting being set for quite some time and if you are a person that reads the word none of these things should take you by surprise i mean i'm not like oh, i'm more like yep yeah, yep yeah, just a matter of time lord have mercy we are definitely here so know that he god has chosen us to live in this time and um you know it's an exciting time it's an exciting time because you say well why minister paula because we will see the return of christ we will see the return of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, that is something to be excited about. I mean, you're talking about the greatest, one of the greatest things ever happened in history. I mean, the, 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 the patriarchs and the scripture, they would have wanted to live in this time. And here we are. God has chosen us to live in this time and to see all that we're seeing. And so while we're here still, 
we have to make the most of the time because we don't know the time. I mean, it may be two years, it may be five years, it may be 10 years, but we know that we have to continue to preach the gospel, continue to preach the word of God, continue to preach the truth, to hold fast to the truth and to live the truth, to live holy before the Lord, to live, to be righteous before the Lord. And I know those are terms that people do not want to hear, but it's still relevant, still relevant in the kingdom. So then um, it goes on to talk about the very first characteristic, which will be lovers of them, of themselves. It's the word philautos, and it just means self-love, self-absorbed with self, self-self-self, self-focused, self-centered, um, self-love. Now our love should be directed first toward God. God should be first in our life. And so when God is first in your life, then everything else falls in the line, then your family, then others. Okay, and so how you can remember that is a great acronym, joy, Jesus, others, then yourself. As long as you keep Jesus at the center, you'll be all right. But it's when you begin to put self at the center. See, that's what Satan does is he, he's self-centered. All right, so when you're operating in the domain of self, that's when you get yourself into trouble. Um, lovers of their own selves. You don't want to be like that. Everything else stems from this number one, this first characteristic. Then you're going to have people that will be covetous. They'll agoros. Okay? And it's once again compounded of two words, just lovers of money. Boasters, alazon. They do whatever it takes to push their own agenda. Proud. These people see themselves above the rest. Blasphemers. Um, blasphemeo, the Greek word blasphemeo, these people put down whoever doesn't agree with their ideology or, or agenda. And we see this so, so much. I mean, man, I've seen people um, lose relationships on Facebook, social media sites because they may voice their opinion. And we're all entitled to our opinion. And if somebody doesn't agree with a particular political party, I mean, they will cut you off. And the thing about it is, is that don't let nobody take you to hell. Don't let hate in your heart for anyone take you to hell. And I just see how some people have such hatred in their heart for political parties. I mean, they hate, hate, have said, I hate him. And it's like, my Lord, you know, this is not the time to be hating people. You know, Jesus is soon to return. You know, you got to keep your heart right. I can't stress that enough. You got to keep your heart right. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have hatred in your heart for whoever, government officials, whoever, we might not like the decisions that they make or the things that they do, but we got to pray for them. We got to pray for them because if we have hate in our hearts for our leaders and we're not praying for them, then, you know, the destruction that's happening, some of that could be because of our lack of prayers. But if we pray for them and let God let God do the work because God sees and God knows we can't do nothing to change nobody. But prayer changes everything. So if that's you, repent. Ask God to forgive you and, and help you to pray for our leaders and those that um, are over us. Then we're going to have, there'll be people that will be um, disobedient to parents. So parents won't no longer be able to um, have authority over their children. Their children will be unruly. Um, they'll be unthankful, unholy, um, just, just, just ungrateful, not, not irreverent, disrespectful to God and the things of God and just vulgar, um, without natural affection, a storgos, 
It's a breakdown of the family, deterioration of the home. There'll be truce breakers, espondos. Um, this talks about divorce with the reasoning will be irreconcilable differences. I had a conversation with someone a few months ago and they expressed to me how that um, they, they, they were getting a divorce. And so um, I, I asked, I said, well, you know, what's the reasoning? And I knew the answer that I was going to hear, and it just broke my heart. I mean, divorce breaks my heart anyway. For one reason, one reason why it, it's so heartbreaking is because I, I've, I've been through a divorce. My own, my parents divorced, and um, it's, it's very heartbreaking. It's very difficult, very difficult um, situation. But, you know, God is able to heal. God is a restorer. I am a recipient of God's restoration because God has restored, you know, my broken heart. But... They said the person said it was irreconcilable differences. And that just means, you know, they just can't get along, you know. So, um, you know, if you have found yourself in a situation like that, that there's hope and there's healing. And um, God, let the power of the Holy Spirit heal your heart and, and heal your hurts. And nobody understands better than God. Because when people, you know, people get tired of you after a while. They get tired of hearing you know, what you've been through and this, that, and the other. And most of the time, to be quite honest with you, most people want to talk about themselves anyway, what they've been through. They want to dump it all on you. And they don't really want to hear from you. But God always wants to hear. And he's always there. And I have learned that, you know, you have to put your trust and faith in God, not people. Because people will let you down. But God is always there. So then we'll also have false accusers. This was the Greek word diabolos, which we, the word that is used for the devil. But here it talks about that the court system is just going to be overrun with lawsuits. People will be suing one another. Incontinent, which means a lack of power or lack of lack of restraint, rather. It's, uh, it's the Greek word of kratos, which the, 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 the root of that word is kratos, which is the word for power. But when you put an A in front of it, it cancels, you know, it, it gets rid of all of that. And it changes the meaning. So then it goes the opposite of what the root word means. So akratos makes it means that um, they won't have any restraint or any power. The people will be fierce, anemorous. They will be um, despisers of those that are good, afilgatos. And this is just where the innocent, there's no laws to protect the innocent. All right. What, what seems to be right is wrong and what's wrong is right. So there'll be a society where the innocent, they have no, no backing, all right? Traitors, Predantes, one who's a traitor, they trade to an old fair-weather friends. This is basically um, fair-weather friends. Heady, propates, and this is just impulsive behavior, reckless behavior. It's like somebody that uh, road rage is an example of this. It just... You know, just just goes off. I mean, and a lot of people have it, boy. You be like, man, oh man. And the funny thing about it is, they'll go around you and give you the finger, and everything else, and be mad at you. And then you end up at the stoplight together. So then I'm like, you know, that's an awkward moment. Like, do I look over? Do I just look straight ahead? Do I smile? But and really, on the inside, I'm praying for them because you don't know what kind of nut is next to you when they are in this type of situation. So, um, number seventeen, high-minded. And this was, I, I love this one because this is where we get the word for typhoon. And um, the, the the same where we come up with the word um, for typhoon, a storm. A typhoon, which is, you know, a storm. And so, um, these, these situations that we see, they're going to blow in, they're going to blow out. 
So God encourages us in the midst of all of that. He encourages us that, you know, we're going to be okay. That we're, we're going to be okay. And these things will come and these things will go just like what we're going through now with all this stuff that has come with the coronavirus. You know, I mean, one thing dealing with the virus and then all the social distancing and the masks and all that kind of stuff like that. It's just like, Lord have mercy. I'm just going to stay home. And not go nowhere. Sometimes you feel like that. But, you know, we have to continue to move forward. We have to continue to to move on. And so let me look here in my notes to make sure that I haven't lost track of what we're going to talk about. What the next one is that we're going to talk about. I think which brings us to our next one. Yes, high-minded is where we left off. So number 18 would be lovers of pleasure. That's the new one. For today that we're going to talk about lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Okay. So. Um, lovers of uh, lovers of pleasure. What is what does that mean? Well, the word. Um, lovers of pleasure is the Greek word philodonos. And it's the word philios, which is the word for love. And then um, the other word hedone which means pleasure. Now, you hear that word hedone is very similar to the word hedonism, all right? It's, in fact, it's the root word of the word hedonism. And the word um, hedonism, you may have heard that, or someone who's a hedonist, um, it's, it's a person that, um, okay, it denotes an individual who gives themselves to the unbridled or unrestrained seeking of pleasures of any type. They love to love pleasure, to live for the fulfillment of one's pleasure. So whatever they want to do, whatever feels good, if they want to go out and lick a rock, if that feels good to them, they'll do it. If they want to, you know, it can be so extreme as that. Or if they just want to take 30 vacations in one month, then if that feels good to them, then, then, then that's what they do. If they want to just, just whatever they want to do. And so um, the word hedonist, one who practices hedonism, pleasure-seeking, is um the dictionary here's a dictionary definition is a person who believes the pursuit of pleasure is the most important thing in life so as a result this individual is a non is a non-stop pleasure seeker and so we don't want to fall we want to be very careful that we don't fall into this trap of being a lover of pleasure okay so these people they're just all about self they're all about pleasing themselves, whatever makes their self feel good. And if you're going to live for the Lord, you got to die to self. All right. That, that's how you truly live for Christ. You got to die to self. has got to die. And it's, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do to come out of yourself. I mean, many times I want to still continue to sleep, but the Holy Spirit is waking me up 4.30 in the morning. I mean, God's time clock is not, you know, like, why can't you wake me up at, why is it got to be 4.30 in the morning when I'm half asleep, rubbing my eyes, you know. But there's an urgency, you know, in the realm of the Spirit. If I was thinking about myself, I'd roll back over and go to sleep. But because I'm trying, I'm coming out of myself, because I love God more than I love sleep. I love God more than I love myself in my own pleasure. Because I know that if I'm obedient to God and do what he wants me to do, he'll make up the rest. He, he, you know, I'm not tired all day if I do that, get up like that, have to intercede, you know. And for you, it may be something else. You may sleep through the night, never get up and pray. Well, that's great, wonderful for you. But 
if not, you know, you have to, in order to live for God, he's always going to require you to come out of yourself, to come out of your comfort zone. Okay, then the word more than is the Greek word that means more than, more than what is compared to in comparison to. It involves rank as compared to something else, the higher and more important priority over the less important. Okay, so these people have, they have an affection for God. I mean, you know, they, they, they have feelings for God, but it's a sick love, I would say, like a sick love for God. But as long as, you know, the, the pleasure comes first. Okay, so the, the, their pleasure is their first priority. So their love for pleasure, it comes first. Pastor Rick, we're going to put it like this, that a test, you can, you can do a self-test on yourself. Okay, this is a good test to see if you have fallen into this already. All right, if you've fallen into being a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God, that if God tells you to do something and you don't do it because it will inconvenience you, then you've been affected by the spirit of the age. You've become a lover of pleasure more than lover of God. And he goes on to say, Pastor Rick Renner, this is his, this is his thoughts. He goes on to say that the highest call is for you to be obedient. God's highest call for you to be obedient. God doesn't care if you're comfortable. He wants you to be obedient. When he tells you to do something, you do it. And you know what? I can say from my own life how, how, how it began. You know, hearing from the Lord. The Lord would just whisper somebody into my spirit. Somebody's name. Into my spirit. And then he would say, call them. Now, sometimes I'd be busy and, you know, might not, well, not feel like, what do I say? I don't know, da, 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 you know, given all these. But as I yielded to the Lord and just did what he told me to do, never fail. Every time when I'm obedient to when he tells me to call somebody, not to just do casual talking, but to call them, that person needed to be ministered to, and, or they were so blessed <clears throat> by the phone call. They needed it. And see, God knew that they needed it because he sees and knows everything. He said, who can I see? Who can I trust to call so-and-so? And encourage him. I'm going to see if Paula will do it. I know I can trust her to do it. So he touched my heart. I called, be obedient, and call them. Okay? So then I can hear. So then, I, then that becomes almost like second nature to me. I know that when God is telling me to, to call somebody right now, at this moment, call them right now. And as, as I'm obedient to him, that's a small thing. Then, bigger things. When he tells me to do something else that may be bigger, like to lay hands on somebody. And pray they may have sickness in their body or or cancer, what have you. And he, I have to hear, what is he telling me to do? Because every situation is different. You know, every situation is different. And as I yield to him, okay, sometimes my mind is telling me like, Lord, in what in the world? This is crazy. This, don't, this feels crazy. This feels weird. But as I yield to him, you know, my, what anybody thinks doesn't matter, that's thrown out the window. It's, what does God want me to do? And I gotta be I gotta be obedient to what he wants me to do. So listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen for his voice in the small things. In the small things. He may speak to your heart to bless somebody with some money. They look like they got enough money. You don't know what people need. You don't know what a person's need is, but God knows. And if he's touching your heart to do that, you gotta be obedient. You gotta be quickly obedient because you know, if you sit there and linger, you'll talk yourself out of it. 
then the next thing you know, like somebody else, you gotta you gotta get somebody else, and then they'll they'll and then you say, I knew that God was telling me to do that, and that that is the most like horrible feeling when you know that you were supposed to do something God told you to do it, but you just kind of sat there and didn't do it, and then you turn around and see somebody else do it, and it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So once again, if God tells you to do something and you don't do it because it inconveniences you, then you've already been affected. By the spirit of this age. When we're obedient to God. You're going to be happy. You're going to have peace. You're going to be able to sleep good at night. When there's something that God wants me to do. And I just kind of pass it off. Like oh, you know I'll do it you know, tomorrow. Or you know I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it another day. Or you know what have you. You can't sleep good. I know I can't, can't sleep good. Because it's like it's like nagging. Like. I got to get this done. Like the Holy Spirit's like, you need to get that done. You need to get that done. You need to do it today. You need to do it today. And once I get it done, then I can sleep good. I can have, you know, a peaceful night. So God, our obedience, God wants us to be obedient. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament that obedience is better than sacrifice. That, you know, God wants us to be obedient. You know, just think in the natural, if you have children and it brings you pleasure when your children are obedient to what you tell them to do, what you ask them to do. It bring, And the same with God. When we're obedient to him, that he knows he can trust us. You know, if you have that one children that don't, the child that does not obey what you say, you know, you just be kind of reluctant to ask him to do anything because they are just so disobedient. You know, but when you're obedient to God, he can, he can use you, all right? So with all this that's going on, what are we to do with all this that we see that's going on? We're encumbered by this. It's on us at every side. We see people that are, that are blasphemers that, you know, if you don't agree with them, they're going to just pretty much cut you off and just dog you out. We see people that are proud and it's just ugh, so sickening. We see people that are lovers of their selves. We see people that are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They, 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 they're into, you know, the, the self-seeking. Self-seeking. You know, I noticed in this in this um, portion of scripture that a lot of these words have the word love, philios, the Greek word love, and a lot of them have the word that talks about self. It's all about self, you know, and and that's really what a hedonist, a person that is a hedonist in hedonism, is about self, self pleasure, self is in the center, and we got to have Christ in the center. Okay, we have to have Christ in the center. So, you said, what are we to do? Well, you know, we can't allow this behavior that's in our society to be our behavior. We can't allow this behavior to become our behavior. And if we recognize that we are falling into any of these categories, you got to repent, ask God to forgive you, and keep it moving. If you found that, you know, that you said, well, you know, yeah, you know, I do love God, but I put my pleasure above, above, above God I gotta repent and say Lord help me to put you in the center help me to put you in the center because you don't want anything 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 to keep you from being with Jesus and for, for from for meeting meeting Christ so next week we're going to talk about let me see I don't even know let me look let me look back to see what the next one is these last few here are really powerful so I'll probably just deal with one at a time and I know, like I said, for myself, it has been really good to um, talk about these over and over again because I've got them in me, okay? I've got them in me. So these are uh, number 19 to be having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof.
And it's amazing that this one says, from such, stay away. So we're going to talk about what does this mean, all right? But we discussed today that um, people will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That you want to, we want to be lovers of God. And when, when your love is directed towards God, he, the Bible says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And I am a witness to that. Sometimes there's things that I desire in my heart. Just like, I mean, I haven't, ever, I haven't even voiced them. I didn't ask God for them. But it just might be something that I might see and kind of say to myself, I'd like to get that. I'll you know, wait till I save up and get that. And the Lord will just, somebody will bless me with it. Or he'll just make a way for me to, to get it. It'll be less than what it was before. And, you know, it's just like, hey, it's God. If When you... God will repay you for whatever you do. God will repay you. And not only that, if you serve him, then our greatest reward is heaven. So it's like God is just so good, okay? There's nothing that you do for God that is unaccounted for. You just got to make sure that your heart is right. My mom always told um, me, said that, you know, if, if, if your attitude isn't right in what you do, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because it don't count for nothing. Okay, but you got to do things for God with no strings attached. That I do this for you, Lord, because I love you. Because I love you. And our love for God has got to be greater than any material thing. Because this stuff's going to pass away anyway. All right, we can't take none of this stuff. and We don't need none of it. Where are we going? If you're going to heaven, you don't need none of it. If you're going to other place too, you don't need anything. This is, you know, and I hope and pray you don't. I hope and pray you go to heaven. But we don't need any of this stuff here. This stuff is just for this realm, okay? But what is eternal, what remains is the spiritual realm, all right? And that is what is at work, is the spirit realm. There is, I mean, right now in the spirit realm, things are so intense, so intense because Satan knows his time is just about up. So he's doing everything he can. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we're going to see probably some more crazy stuff, I'm sure. A lot more stuff that you just be like, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. But what does the scripture tell us? That when you see these things, look up. Because your redemption draws near. And so, you know, I just keep looking up. I just keep looking up. Because I know that, hey, it can't it can't go on too much longer. I mean, it's, it, just, it just can't. It just can't. So God is faithful. I want to close with this by saying that there are three types of people in the world. There are those that are prepared for Christ's return. There are those that are preparing. And then there are those that are not doing anything, not prepared, not one bit. Now, those that are prepared are those that have kept their hearts right before the Lord. Their hands are clean. And I'm not just talking about from washing them in the natural sense, but I'm talking about their hands are, are pure before the Lord. They're living righteous or living holy before the Lord. There are those that are preparing. There are those people that from situations and events that have taken place in this hour that they realize I'm not right. I'm not ready. And they're getting ready. They're repenting. They're coming to Christ. They're getting their hearts, you know, their heart cleaned up, getting their heart right. And then there are those that are not doing anything. They still just in the mess that they in. In fact, they, they fall into the category of one of these 25 people. Okay, you see it all, they just doing just whatever. So my question that I pose to you today is of these three people, which one are you? 
Which one are you? Because it's a very serious question. It's a very serious question that, that you have to ask yourself. Am I prepared? Not do I think I'm prepared because I'm good. Or do I think I'm prepared because I went to church or I go to church or I'm a nice person. But am I prepared to meet Jesus? Am I prepared? Just like in the natural, if you were going to go to meet the queen, there's a preparation process that you have to go through to meet the queen. Okay? You're going to get out your best spread because you're going before royalty. You're going to get out your nicest uh, ladies' jewelry and pearls. And, you know, men, you're going to get out your nice suit. And you can't go before her in rags. There's a way that you have to come. And so there's a preparation that you, you don't just wait to the last minute to, to buy something. But no, you 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 looking on online, looking on Amazon or, or looking wherever, you know, going to Macy's and going to the department stores, trying to find you something, the right thing to wear, the perfect outfit to wear to meet the queen. But then there's some people that, you know, they 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 are preparing. Okay, so they realize the clothes I got are whack. Okay, I can't wear nothing that I got. So they go out to 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 meet to to they go out shopping to get what they need. And then the final is some people they don't prepare at all. Okay, and so if they say like, you know, in order to meet the queen, you, these are the qualifications. These are the, you know, you got to wear a suit, a tie, you know, what have you. And if you haven't made preparation, you don't get to see her or the king or whatever. And so the, the question that I pose, it, where, 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 do, where do you fall? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? If Jesus came back in the middle of the night, tonight, would you still be laid in your bed or would you be gone? Are you preparing that you recognize and you know that, hey, my life ain't right. I need to get my life right. So I'm preparing. Yes, I'm preparing. I'm getting my heart right. I realize there's some things in my heart that are going to hinder me from seeing Christ. So I'm getting, I'm getting, in the, you know, I'm getting it right. Or are you that person that's just like, you know what? I got plenty of time. I'm just going to let mama pray for me or I'm just, I'll get it together later on. We don't have much time, friends. We don't have much time, friends. So my hope and prayer is that you are either prepared or you're preparing, but not that you're not prepared. So it's a time that we all have to check ourselves, Minister Paula included. We all have to check ourselves to make sure that we are ready. Well, let me close with a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Father God, that you sent your word, Father God, as our instruction manual for living and that you did not leave anything untouched, that you covered every situation, every topic, everything that we needed to know lord and we thank you that we've come to this moment this point in time these last days father god that although we're surrounded and encumbered by a lot of crazy stuff lord i thank you that you are the center and lord as the song says that jesus is the center of my joy and father god i thank you that because of your joy you the word says that you're joy unspeakable and full of glory and so, Father, we thank you that as you continue to show yourself strong and mighty through this teaching, that we will examine our own hearts. And that, Father, that if we're not preparing, that we will begin to prepare. 
And Father God, that if we are preparing, help us to get our hearts right. And I pray for those that are prepared to meet you. That Father, that while we're still here, that they will continue to witness to those around them and live a life in front of those that are around them. Father, give us strength to stand to the very end. Because your word says, he that endures to the end, so the same shall be saved. As we hear the characteristics of people in the last day society, Father, help us to search our own hearts. And that if we fall in any one of those categories, that we will be quick to repent. And Father God, that we will be a light to those around us. I thank you for stirring the hearts of the people, Lord God. For stirring the hearts of the people, Lord. For opening our eyes of discernment. That we will discern the hour, the time that we're living in. That we'll be able to discern a lie from the truth, Father God, by the Holy Spirit. That we'll be able to discern, Father God, the things that are going on, Lord. Those that are speaking things that are not true, Lord, that we will know you will reveal to us, Father. And I thank you that even in the night, you reveal yourself to the people, Lord God. I pray for those all over this world, Lord, because I don't know who may be listening. Wherever they are, Lord, I thank you that your very presence is, that your presence is omnipresent, that you're everywhere all at the same time, and that you love each and every one of us, Father God, wherever we are. Wherever we are, whatever continent we're, we're on, whatever state we're in, whatever county, whatever city, whatever town, whatever hillside, wherever we are, God, your, your love for us, Father God, reaches far and it reaches wide. So I thank you right now, Father God, for encircling us with your love. Wherever that individual is, they may be listening to this in their car, they may be in their office at work. They may be on the bike at, at the gym, wherever they are. They may be on their sick bed, Lord God, in the hospital, wherever they are, Lord. I thank you that your love reaches them, Father, that it reaches them, Lord. Help us not to be lost in this last hour, but help us, Father God, to continue to look up, to look up, Father God. I thank you that you are our hope, Lord. That you are our hope, Father God. And I give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Always remember that the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon.